Welcome to the Guns and Yoga Podcast. My name is Wendy Hummel and it's Tactical Tip Tuesday where I typically share a tip, tool, or dose of inspiration for your week. Today I'm changing it up just a bit and I'm sharing an episode from the Evolve to Harmony podcast. I was recently interviewed by the host, Carol Westerman. Carol is a yoga teacher in Omaha, Nebraska, and I met her in 2018 when I attended a weekend yin yoga workshop at her studio. If you're not familiar with yoga, this practice entails holding yoga poses for longer periods of time for the purpose of hydrating tissues such as joints and tendons by both compressing and lengthening tissues. Why do yin yoga? The fascial network of the body is vast, and this practice can help release stored physical, mental, and emotional stress, revitalize tissues in the body, restore range of motion, and it can help cultivate cultivate self-awareness by forcing us to slow down. It helps tap into the parasympathetic nervous system and can make us more resilient to stress. So after I attended this weekend workshop with Carol, I was hooked. I knew I wanted to learn more and decided to study with her for the next several years. She's an amazing source of knowledge and wisdom and taught me more about subtle practices of yoga. Okay, so for those listening who aren't yogis, just bear with me. I'm a recovering type A personality. I started practicing yoga by taking hot power style classes to lose my baby weight. While I still enjoy this kind of yoga, I have since learned that yoga is much more than just the physical aspect. Carol and I talk all about this, how I found yoga and how it helped me navigate the stressors and difficulties that I faced on the job and much more. It was a lot of fun to talk to her and a nice change of pace to be on the other side of the microphone. One last thing before we get started, a friend and former coworker of mine who is a fan of the show recently suggested to me that we do a and a episode. I thought this was such a good idea and wanted to let you all know. The same friend also told me he likes it when he gets to know the host a bit when he listens to other podcasts. So he suggested that we do the same. This is what inspired me to share this episode. So if you have a question about any wellness related topic for first responders, relationship questions, sleep, exercise, nutrition, mindset, therapy, guns, or yoga, And if you do have a question about guns, I will probably defer to my husband. I think this is going to be a great way to interact and get to know you guys, the listeners. There is a link on the website, or you can just email us directly at wendy at bluelineyoga.com. Hello, everybody. This is Carol. And today I have Wendy Hummel here with me. And I am so excited that she's here. We're actually on a Zoom call, so I get to see her beautiful face and her sparkling eyes. And um, we're both curly girls, so I'm sitting here with my wet hair, letting it dry. But um, I was so inspired lately with Wendy and what she's been doing. So I'll just tell you a little bit about her, and then I'm hoping she'll introduce herself and give us all the nitty gritty. But Wendy... um, has a long history in law enforcement and she has sort of married that experience and wisdom with her yoga practice and she's a yoga teacher as well and I've just seen so many things that she's been posting online recently that are so inspiring to me with her work as she's doing um, yoga for first responders so so many amazing things that I could talk to Wendy about and we'll kind of see where this conversation goes but I know for me that was one of the primary things 
um, that I wanted to discuss. So Wendy, I was wondering, um, kind of the first question I have for you is since a lot of us listening to this probably don't have much experience in law enforcement and how that works. So if you could kind of just tell us like your evolution within that field and different roles and positions you may have had, um, just to kind of set the stage for our conversation, that'd be great. Yes, I would love to. And thank you so much for having me here, Carol. I'm excited. So it's kind of like, um, you know, when you like get to meet a famous person in a way, like, cause you, you were my yoga teacher my, for my 500 hour. And so I'm like, I just feel like it's so cool that you've asked me to be on this podcast. So thank you very much for letting oh me be a part of it. Oh my gosh. You know what? I, you know, and I even remember meeting you at first. We might've met in Kansas city. Did we meet in Kansas city first? We didn't. It, we have a mutual connection with Stephanie, um, but no, I met coming to your, um, I think it was a yin one workshop with a few other people from Wichita. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't quite sure where I met you initially. And it's so funny. And I know you're supposed to be introducing yourself, but I just have to say that you, you really made a powerful first impression um, for sure. And I didn't even at that point know all of your rich history and all that you do. And, um, and, and, you know, and so just finding that out was just so impressive. And I just, I'm the one that's honored to have you here today. So I just wanted to say that. Oh, well, thank you again. I am. I'm really happy to be here. This is awesome. I obviously love the whole podcasting platform. I think this is such a great way to just share resources and information. So happy to be here. So about me, I, uh, like you said, I have a long history in law enforcement. I have, I think it's about 25 years now that I've been in law enforcement. I have, I'm one of those people that I always knew I wanted to be a cop. So you know how sometimes people know when they're a little girl, what they want to do when they grow up. That was me. Um, I watched no joke, Charlie's Angels, like the original gangster version, like Farrah Fawcett and Jacqueline Smith. Oh my gosh. I was always Jacqueline Smith. We would play that as kids and yeah. I always wanted to be her. <laughs> I, totally I didn't know. want to be Farrah. Maybe it's because I have brown hair. I loved Sabrina, but yes, Jacqueline Smith. And um, yeah, so I grew up like that, you know, bionic woman, all those things, Wonder Woman, Linda Carter. But but really, I knew from a very early age that I wanted to, to be a cop. So, you know, I got to really honestly live my dream job. Like I, I did it, I was able to accomplish it. So I ended up though being in Wichita, Kansas, which I am not originally from the Midwest at all. I met my husband in a federal law enforcement academy in 1996. And I was actually supposed to be working in New York City because that's where I'm from. Well, that changed for the better, obviously. And so, um, I was able to, I left my job, my federal job in New York, and then moved to Wichita so that I could get married to my husband and did never had planned to stay in Wichita, but um, joined the Wichita Police Department and never left. <laughs> uh, and the thing that was so cool about it was that people are like, oh, you left this federal job. It's really good money. But I loved my job uh, on the police department because I always just wanted to be a detective. I mean, I wanted to work cases, solve crime, um, seek justice, all that stuff from a very young age. And so I kind of devoted my career to doing that. I never aspired to be a supervisor. I worked my entire career, except for the first four years on patrol as a, as a person's crimes detective. So I worked 
um, cases that most people either really want to work or really don't want to work. If that, if that, it's like not really, there's not really a middle ground. Um, so sex crimes, homicide, gang, that kind of stuff. So extremely rewarding work, but extremely difficult work at the same time. Oh my gosh, you are such a badass. Like that is so incredible. And I had no idea you were from New York City and uh -huh. all of that stuff. Like this is so fun. Um, so you you mentioned how you met your husband. He's in law enforcement too, it sounds like. And is he currently in, in law enforcement or? No, he's retired like me. So he's a little bit older than me. We met, he was um, in the Marine Corps and then got out of the Marine Corps and then went into federal law enforcement. He stayed with his job and then retired ultimately from the Department of Homeland Security as a special agent. So he retired about five years ago and he is now um, a professor, I guess. He, he hates it when I use that word. I don't know why, but he, uh, he works at Wichita State University, which is a local college here, and he teaches Homeland Security classes to students. So, um, so he does that, but so even though we're like retirement age, we've both already retired from one career, we're older parents. So I'm almost 53, he's almost 57, and we have like a 15 and a 12-year-old we have two daughters. So he is, I joke, but not really. He's the soccer mom of the family too. <laughs> oh my gosh. First of all, you look so amazing. I never would have guessed that that, that you're the same age as I am. And, um, a lot of people don't know this. You, you, I don't know if maybe you know this, but my husband was also in the Marine Corps. Oh, I think he did tell me. Yeah. Yeah. And he was an aircraft firefighter and was the firefighter um, in California for a while. So anyway, we kind of have some common ground there, which kind of brings me to my next question, which for you is probably such a basic question, but, um, for our listeners, this, you know, I think maybe it isn't so obvious and what, what does first responder mean? Um, and if you could just clarify that so that we know when we're talking about yoga for first responders, what that might include, like what roles, what positions. Yeah. So it's, it's, you think about a frontline worker. Um, so obviously law enforcement, police officers, uh, paramedics, firefighter, dispatchers because they're behind the scenes, but they're considered first responders in different circles. So, um, so that kind of a, a smaller circle, but when I responder, I think of all frontline workers to kind of expand, especially when, you know, you and I were briefly chatting about COVID before this started. I think about emergency room, nurses, doctors. I mean, I really think that we can expand it to those people as well, but typically police officers, firefighters, paramedics. All right. Awesome. Um, I lost your sound just a tiny bit there. So hopefully it comes back. Um, we'll just keep going and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. So thank you for that explanation of what first responder is. And it's, it's someone who's literally like in the front lines. And I appreciate what you mentioned too, that with COVID, we've kind of expand our view of what maybe a first responder is. It's, it's quite a lot. Um, so I want to come back to that conversation about first responders and, and how yoga can serve them. But first, what I'd like to ask is how did you, find yoga or how did yoga become part of your life and part of what you do? I'd love to hear sort of your history in that regard as well. 
Yeah, great. I, I did notice something flashed on my screen that said my connection was weak, but it's good now. So, okay. Awesome. So, yeah, I, I mentioned about my job, always knew I wanted to be a cop. And one thing that I never really was prepared for was how stressful of a job it was. Still loved it, still wouldn't change anything. So for me, being a very kind of type A, especially when it came to my workouts, I started with hot yoga, um, probably I would say now about 14 years ago. And it was primarily quite honestly to lose baby weight and just get back into shape. Uh, but as soon as I started doing yoga, very soon after I noticed that it wasn't just like any other workout I'd, I'd ever done. Um, I didn't, I didn't understand why at the time, obviously I, I know more about it now, but it was because of the breathing practices. I felt so much better off the mat after I practiced yoga and was able to really, um, I think, take what I did on the mat off the mat. And, and I just knew I felt better. I felt more patient and it really helped, um, just get me through several years of the type of work that I did. So that was kind of my first, really the first, when the light bulb kind of went on, um, and really that's what's, what kind of led me down that path was just trying to lose weight at first. And then after that, it was, it was all, it was it. That's all I ever wanted to do. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I feel like, especially in the West, most of us do come to yoga for the physical part. I mean, I remember even when I signed up for my first teacher training, I had no idea that yoga wasn't, I thought like yoga equals poses, Yoga equals like vinyasa flow. I didn't know that there was all that other part of it, all those other seven limbs. I knew meditation and breathing were kind of in there, but um, for me, for sure, it was definitely physical. And, and so, Wendy, when did you decide to take your initial teacher training, your 200 hour? When was that in your timeline and, and what kind of inspired you to do that? So 2016 is when I got my 200 hours. So five years ago, pretty much almost to the date in August. Um, and, and the thing was, um, I didn't mention this, but one of the things in addition to my job that was uh, stressful was also my having my kids now. And I don't mean just like, oh, having kids is stressful. It's stressful for everyone. But um, my girls were both really premature and I had a lot of medical issues and so coming back from having two, two daughters like that, three and a half years apart where I had C-sections, I was really sick. I had preeclampsia and just the added stress of having premature babies was just a lot on my body. And so I think that was also another benefit for me. I didn't realize it at the time. And so for many years, it just kind of saved me quite honestly. And I decided at first, just like I think I've heard other people say this too, I didn't necessarily want to teach yoga at all, which is kind of funny to think about now because that's like my most favorite thing to do <laughs> besides practice it. But I wanted to just learn more about it because like you said, it was, I just thought it was doing these poses and, and getting into certain shapes and trying to do a chaturanga and trying to do a headstand or a handstand. Um, and I, I learned obviously that there's so much more to it. And so that was really what drove me to, to my 200 hour is to learn more about the roots and limbs of yoga and where it came from. Excellent. Excellent. And when in this timeline, so I'm kind of setting the foundation here and, and getting some background, when then did you sort of 
see the connection between yoga, your kind of your experience in law enforcement, and then the yoga for first responders? When did sort of all of those worlds mesh and come together for you? Yeah, so I think probably came to a head in 2015, because I was kind of like another light bulb moment. I was like, you know, this really helps me. So maybe we should start introducing yoga to the police department where I work. And so I started Googling and, and I think, you know, Olivia even says this. she's the founder of first yoga for first responders. I started Googling yoga and police and there was like nothing out there, no information, zero. And, um, except I did find yoga for first responders. And that's really when it, it was very early on when they had first started 2015. And so I just called her up one day and talked to her on the phone because like a lot of law enforcement people, we're a little bit skeptical of people that are outside of our circle. That's mm. unfortunately, we're just kind of like that. And so, so I called Olivia cause she wasn't herself a first responder, talked to her to kind of see what was going on with her program. And I knew right away that she was like, she was legitimate. When I heard her talking about her program and why she started yoga for first responders, I was like, okay, I think I need to check this out. And it was almost like the stars were aligned. Like it was meant to be because I was finishing at my 200 hour. I had like the perfect time frame of when the weekends fell for teacher training. And she was offering um, only the second yoga for first responders instructor school in Kansas city, which is only a few hours from where I live. So I was able to, in 2016, go to this training and spoke to my agency and said, Hey, we need to, we need to do this. And I had already decided in my mind, whether or not they support me going to this, if they give me the time off, if they pay for this training, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, but I was actually pleasantly surprised. They were very supportive and I was able to go to the training as part of my job. So it, it all happened right after 200 hour and yoga for first responders kind of all happened at the same time. I love that. I love it when things come into alignment like that. And what is your current position? Um, are you director of wellness, something to that effect? Can you tell me a little bit about what your current position is? Yeah. So actually I retired from the Wichita police department as a detective in January of 2019. So two and a half okay. years ago, I retired and uh, I now work for our sheriff's office at the Cedric County Sheriff's Office as the health and wellness coordinator. So just like most towns, we have a police department and a sheriff's office, and the sheriff really wanted to start implementing wellness programming for his agency and knew about some of the things that we were doing with the police department. Um, not only was I teaching yoga for first responders, but I had really started to look into other things to support first responders and, and law enforcement, like doing some resiliency training and, and some other things too. So he, uh, he offered me a position as a health and wellness coordinator, which is a brand new position. And quite honestly, it is ultimately like a dream job because I get to do all this awesome stuff to support my brothers and sisters in blue and beyond. So, so I've been doing that for the past two and a half years with the sheriff's office. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I like literally got goosebumps. I love that that position exists and that you are in that position. And I would love to see more of that 
Oh my gosh. So um, when we think of yoga for first responders or yoga for cops, as you've mentioned, what is different about the way that you might present yoga for that population? And why is it that people that are first responders might need yoga more than other people? Or, or can you kind of talk to us a little bit about that? Like what makes it different? What is special about that population that really they could benefit from yoga and meditation, breath work, et cetera? Well, so first, just like I know you, you know this, I, yoga benefits everybody. There's not one person that I can think of that can't benefit from the practice of yoga, because like you said earlier, um, knowing that it's so much more than just the physical poses is, is, is really, is really key. But for our population and, and really the way that Olivia, the founder and director of yoga for first responders puts it, I remember hearing this on the first day when I originally went through the training, you talk about the original intention behind yoga, which is mastery over the mind and optim optimal functioning over your whole entire psychophysiological system. And, and I know you know this because you've been to India, um, just a little bit about the rich history behind how it all started. And so a lot of people don't know that. I think like you alluded to earlier, that gets lost in the West. We just know it as the physical part. And so um, one of the things that, that I learned in that training was how men who are warriors getting ready to go to battle, those were the ones that, that started doing yoga. So not only were they skilled in, in action, but also non-action, which is the meditation and the pranayama. So we learn all of that in yoga for first responders. And so having an understanding of the why behind it is really big, especially with our culture, because especially if you're going to tell a bunch of cops to do yoga, you better tell them why they should do it. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so explaining that and making sure culturally that you have the, that you understand the culture, obviously, which I do because I have come from it, but you know, and presenting the material in a way where, you know, it's going to be beneficial. And so the protocol for yoga for first responders is based on five things, which are all part of, of yoga, which are the poses, but we never say, I shouldn't say never, because sometimes it's really hard to go back and forth between saying yoga drills and yoga poses. Quite honestly, it's hard to go back and forth, but we call them physical drills. And so we try to use language and be culturally sensitive or culturally aware um, that cops would use or other first responders. So physical drills, cognitive declarations, which are mindset drills. So for instance, um, when you're in a particular um, challenging position, let's say it's a plank pose and maybe your muscles start to shake, like, like what would happen when your stress response is activated? So as you're tapping into your subconscious, even though you may not necessarily believe it, instead of, we're always talking to ourselves anyway. So instead of saying something negative, you flip it around and, and, and maybe say a cognitive declaration, something like, I am strong, I'm calm, I'm in control. And we will start to say that out loud too. So we might like start saying it to ourselves and then we'll say it out loud. So the drills, um, the cognitive declarations and probably the foundation, the most important part of the class is the breathing, pranayama or tactical breath work. And then another part of the protocol is um, adapting and modifying. And I know you talk about this all the time and you're teaching too. I mean, everyone is different. And so just because my body can do a certain shape doesn't mean someone else can. And 
it, the reasoning behind that too is that you know people have to get used to being uncomfortable but also put their ego aside and be able to say oh i might need to use a block or i might need to drop to my knees and so just making sure they understand that and then the last part is the neurological reset which quite honestly is just a fancy way for meditation like doing different mm-hmm. meditations and incorporating mindfulness into the class so that's that's the kind of the basic quick and dirty version of, of what we do in the class. And the material, like I said, is presented in a way where cops understand. Like we, for instance, I will not speak in Sanskrit when I teach a yoga for first responders class. Uh, we typically don't play music. I won't use essential oils, which I personally love using essential oils, but I don't do it in the YFFR classes. So things like that. Awesome. I love that. And I love how um, you've mentioned in, in, in the five points that you just outlined for us, this idea that you're using words and phrases that are part of the culture. Um, that's so brilliant. What a brilliant way to do that. And um, as far as yoga for first responders, yoga for cops, are there like, I'm sure you know the statistics more than I would, but first responders are under an extreme amount of stress. I know we have issues with sleep, health issues, um, different kinds of issues that first responders might be facing and dealing with. And I was wondering if you could speak just a little bit to that, both things that are, are fairly common in statistics, if, if you know them off the top of your head, but also anything that you have heard as feedback from students or in your own experience that is particularly helpful for that population? Oh, definitely. So one of the things I do, I mentioned, as I teach this eight-hour resilience class at the agency I'm working at. And so unfortunately, I do kind of keep up with some of these statistics. And there's an organization, well, there's a few, but there's a nonprofit organization called Blue Help. And they they kind of came into the picture in 2016 and it's everything that they report is still on a voluntary basis. So just like anything else, you're, you're getting information, um, but you may not be getting an accurate picture since it's voluntary. So they track law enforcement suicide. And, Mm. and I know that's kind of a, a rough topic to talk about, but, but it's something that we need to talk more about because agreed, uh, you know, obviously nationwide, it's a problem, but but statistics show, and this is the CDC backs this up as well, that law enforcement officers are one and a half times more likely than someone in the general population to wow. die by suicide. And so, and of course, that doesn't even account for the thousands that um, have ideations or think about it. And I know you're a trained therapist, so you understand, obviously, a lot more probably than I even do about this, but, and just those that are suffering from, you know, compassion fatigue or anxiety and depression and just all these other things, burnout. And that was already something that we were, um, that we were facing before COVID. Mm-hmm. And over the last year and a half, and not, and just like everything else compounding on that, um, that's only added to those stresses that, that those on the front lines experience. And quite honestly, there's a lot of people leaving the profession. And so not only do you have those issues, but the people that are still sticking it out, that are, that are, that are staying in these career fields, there's less people wanting to do the job, which puts more of a burden on those left, meaning working more hours, 
um, you know, just, just everything, all the things that go along with it. So there's, there's just a lot more, I think, than people think about unless you're in this world. Yeah, I um, was actually listening to your podcast, um, mm-hmm. a few of the episodes this week, and um, it's called Guns and Yoga. Yes. Guns and yoga. And um, because I keep wanting to say yoga and guns, but it's guns and yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, and I want to hear a little bit about your podcast. And I really encourage people that are interested in this to listen to it because it's excellent and it's excellent um, guests that you have. But really, one of the interviews on it's just there's so much insight into what goes into that profession that even just listening to the podcast really illuminated for me things that like I never even thought about, you know, and since I I don't have a history in law enforcement, um, what I do know is from TV or movies or whatever. And so just to hear from people, their experience and, and how it does impact them, it was just so valuable. And so I'm so happy that you're offering that podcast and what was your inspiration for that? And when did you start it? And I also need to know about why you chose that name. <laughs> oh, I can answer all of that. Okay. So Good. let me start with when and why. So back in 2017, I can pinpoint the moment I had the idea. Uh, I don't know if you have ever heard of the Crime Junkie podcast. It's a podcast. Go I've ahead. heard of it, but I haven't listened to it, okay. but I've heard of it. So back in 2017, I hadn't retired yet, and I was in a position with my old agency um, as the Crime Stoppers Coordinator. So what that meant was I was in charge of the Crime Stoppers program. Um, it's a nationwide program where people will call in tips and provide anonymous information and um, help to solve crime. It's just another way to solve crime. So I was attending a National Crime Stoppers Conference in 2017. And one of the sessions was from a girl, and I can't remember her name right now, but she's the one who started the Crime Junkie podcast along with her partner. And the reason she started it was she was a young girl. I mean, I was so impressed with with her drive and and just like the forethought because podcasting was just kind of becoming a thing, at least to me anyway. And she started it because she was trying to help raise awareness to unsolved crime and also to help make money for her local Crime Stoppers program. And so it obviously has become very successful. And I thought to myself back then, I'm like, that is really cool. But mm-hmm. I have to say, as much as I wanted to do it, I was also, I am not very good technologically, is definitely way, way out of my like comfort zone, having any knowledge of that stuff. So it was one of those things I always kind of knew would be a cool thing, but kind of put it in the back of my mind, quite honestly. And so just finally years, it was time. I mean, my husband and I had been talking about it. He's my tech guy. So I do the talking and the interviewing and finding of the people and doing my thing. And he's the whole behind the scenes. So it is definitely a team, a team effort. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah. And, and so my husband, he's actually so much more talented than he lets on, but so he figured out all the behind the scenes stuff, but he also came up with guns and yoga. And um, the reason was, was a few years ago, I wrote an article for police one. I've written a few articles for them. 
And the article was supposed to be called Guns and Yoga. He thought of it because he's a Guns and Roses fan and he just thought it was a neat way to- Oh, yeah, yeah. To to capture, okay, she's a cop and she likes yoga because the article talked about how I was able to incorporate yoga and meditation when I went to the range to qualify with my handgun because you have to do that every couple of years or it's not every couple of years, twice a year, sorry. So, um, and I would get really nervous, not with my handgun, but with my shotgun. I don't know why it was just like this mental thing. And so the article discussed how I, what I would do, like, and how I, the tools of yoga helped me perform better in my job out on the range. So that's really how it all started. And that was a few years ago. And then finally I was like, we have to do this. We've been talking about it for like for a while. And so, I don't know, last year, I just decided um, this year is the year. So that's it. Awesome. Well, congratulations. And I'll put a link to your podcast in the show notes so people can check that out. And just before I kind of move on to some other questions, I had one more question um, for now in, in for this topic area. So say I'm a yoga teacher and I'm teaching just a regular weekly class and a police officer, a cop, um, a first responder of some type shows up at my class and they let me know or somehow I know. Are there any special things that I should avoid saying or certain things I should do, like any kind of quick little tips that you would recommend? Or do you just treat them like anyone else? Like, what is your insight into that? I would say if they're coming into your studio, then you just treat them like anybody else. Because, you know, there's so many, there are plenty of cops who really like going to regular studios too. And so, and, and I know, you know, this Carol, but like, there's so many different ways to practice styles Mm -hmm. of yoga. Um, It's not a one size fits all. And so uh, as a group, when we're teaching um, yoga for first responders, we do it in a setting where cops are comfortable, but then you have plenty of people who Um, A lot of times, quite honestly, I'll hear about, especially the male officers, because law enforcement is still primarily guys. So I'll say that they'll, they'll, they always talk about, oh, I'm going to go to a yoga class or I've been to a yoga class with my wife or my girlfriend, but then there's a plenty of them that continue to go and really like the practice just for what it is. They like the atmosphere of the studio. They like the teachers and none of those other things have bother them, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Talking in Sanskrit or essential oils or or language use. So my recommendation is I don't think I would treat them any differently necessarily than anybody else walking in the door. Okay, perfect. Perfect. And um, so if someone were interested, if they're a yoga teacher and they're interested in serving this particular population, the yoga for first responders has teacher training that someone can take that would um, give them the tools and and some information into the culture so that they could really serve that population um, to the highest. Is that you would agree with that? Absolutely. And I will say this. So first of all, if anybody's interested in becoming a trained instructor, they should go to the yoga for first responders website. That's a really great place to start. Um, the training is, I'm, I mean, I can't believe how much improved the training got even from five years ago. And so I went through, I told you in 2016, it was only the second group of instructors they'd ever trained. And it was really good back then. I mean, there, and there's, and the protocol is exactly the same and the, and the the basis and foundation of the training has not changed. 
but the delivery um, and the instructional design that went behind building of curriculum that the executive director and founder has done, it's amazing. So it is probably some of the best training, yoga training, besides yours, Carol, of course. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. it, it's just different. It's just different. So um, really, and I personally want to take it. I was telling Wendy before this, I'm like, I almost took it this summer, but then my husband ended up going on a, like a 10 day fishing trip to Montana, which he hundred percent deserved. But I was like, that's right when the training is. So it's on my radar. I'm really, really interested in it. So, yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It is, it is such top-notch training and what's really cool about it. I'm just going to talk about this for a second, if you don't mind. Oh, so go for we, it. We hosted, we hosted, when I say we, our agency that I'm currently working for, we hosted a train the trainer at our agency so that we could train more instructors, not just in Wichita, but people come from all over the country to attend it because they in different locations. So we had, I think there were about people in the class. And of course I no, I didn't I didn't have to go through and get tested and stuff again. I sat through of it. And just making sure because it said my connection was unstable. So I wanted to pause for a minute. Yes. And you know what? Technical difficulties. So, Wendy, um, I think you broke up a little bit right when you said that you had just done um, the training. And I feel like I heard you say something about masks or COVID. So could you just like rewind one minute and, and fill us in? Yeah. So, no, what I was saying was that 28 people were in this in this training. And so you have a combination of law enforcement. Um, and then you also have people that are non-law enforcement. So we had people that attended the class, um, like our friend Anita, who is not at all a first responder, but she's a, a great yoga teacher who wants to serve other first responders in her community. So what's really neat is to see yoga teachers. Actually, there were a few therapists in the class, which I mm -hmm. love that. Um, other first responders, we had a dispatcher, we have other types of first responders, not just law enforcement. And so what's cool is, is that you get to expose people like you, Carol, if you were to go through to our culture. I mean, it is, it is run very similarly to how most police academies are run. Um, I'm not going to give it away, but, but yeah, it's very structured, very intense 60 hour week of training, but it is wow. some of the best training that, that you can get very different than any other any other thing that you can probably experience out there and just really well put together product. It sounds amazing. It also sounds like I really need to make it happen. So I'm going <laughs> to for sure put that on, um, look at the schedule. And I noticed like, and I know it's COVID, but they, they tended not to have like, it's not like there's 20 training sessions you can go to. They do a couple at a time. So mm -hmm. I need to get back on, jump back on that website and make it happen on my schedule. So Wendy, I kind of wanted to shift gears a little bit and it, it's related of course, in a way, but um, I like to ask the guests, like if you had like two or three things that are part of like your self-care um, or things that you know that you need to do in your routine to keep you healthy, balanced and well. And I have to say, my husband hates the, the term self-care. He just like absolutely hates it. And I know it's gotten a little bit trendy, 
Um, but you know what I mean? I just love to hear a couple of like two or three things that are really non-negotiable for you um, to stay on track. Definitely. And I'm with you on that. So, and I, I haven't always been very good about this, but so if I'm going to give you just two things right off the bat, every morning, what I have to do is I have to meditate. Mm. <laughs> Number one. And I need that time in the morning before I start my day, whether it's a weekend or before I go to work meditation, and then it'll change after that. I always wake up, have a glass of water, I meditate, and then sometimes I read, sometimes I journal, and I always move my body in some way. Like, and it's never my longer workout for the day. It's always just a little bit of movement to get things going. So that I would say meditation for sure is the one thing I do. But, but one thing too, that I've really been, it's really not one thing. Um, and honestly, it started in some of your training, Carol is learning about Ayurveda. Mm. Now that I, um, you know, that I have learned, starting to learn more about Ayurveda, I'm actually taking a, a course and studying more about it and incorporating Ayurveda just into my daily habits and lifestyle. It's, it's something that's a, it's, it's a non-negotiable for me. It's really become part of everything that I do. So I agree. And Ayurveda, once you learn about the principles of it, then you realize how much it makes sense and like to live seasonally and do certain things and certain foods. And, um, it kind of almost becomes intuitive. Yes. Um, you just need a little bit of, a little bit of help in the beginning. And then I find it's quite intuitive. That's very, exactly. And it's, it's kind of hard to explain to people because you're right. It doesn't really take much. Like when, when you first started uh, introducing terms, I was like, whoa, this is, this is no, you know, when you first hear about something for the first time, I don't know about you, but the way that I learn is by repetition. <laughs> so I have to hear things multiple times, maybe in different ways. And then it clicks. And then once it clicks for me, like you said, it is, it's just, listening to your own body's wisdom and it just makes so much sense so i mean it's it's so true it's like gee when it's a hot summer day don't eat hot spicy foods <laughs> you know but it's just it's just it's so funny so i love those ideas those are excellent excellent um and i have two more questions for you one of them is just kind of a um related to what you mentioned, you said that meditation is non-negotiable and that you move each morning. And then you said you have a main workout, like maybe later in the day. So I like to ask people other than yoga, what other types of movement do you enjoy? I love to be outside either bike riding or walking. I used to run, but I don't run anymore just because I have plantar fasciitis, but Moving my body um, by being outside is probably, I would say, the number one thing after yoga. I do also um, do some functional fitness, kettlebell, sandbag type workouts because my husband, that's primarily what he does. And so we've got all that stuff in our garage. So I will do that as well. Awesome. And by the way, you guys just sound like the cutest, <laughs> cutest couple. I've seen pictures of him online and he is adorable. I will say he is, um, I, I'm not going <laughs> to deny that. 
<laughs> totally adorable. You can't deny it. Now everybody's going to be Googling you and, and look up pictures of your, your sweetie there. Um, what is your, if you, you already mentioned meditation is non-negotiable, but what about your favorite pose? Do you have a favorite yoga pose or um, physical part of yoga that's your favorite? So it really depends, you know, that how that goes, right? It depends on kind of what's going on with me, but I have to say what I usually do every day, a version of every single day is legs up the wall, whether mm. my legs are up the wall or my legs are um, draped over like a chair or the couch. And that's a restorative pose for me. Um, and so if I had to pick one and that's what I would pick. You and I are like so alike, just the, even the way you described your morning routine and legs at the wall, like it's kind of, it. I do it. I think I would say I probably do it every day and I just don't even realize I'm doing it every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I have so enjoyed this conversation and I feel like I'm going to need to have you back at some point, especially Maybe next time it'll be like after I've taken the yoga for first responders training. And so I can have you back and I'll have um, some more questions for you. But to kind of wrap things up, I will put the link to your podcast, Guns and Yoga. Um, but where else can we find out about you or do you have any events coming up? And if we wanted to learn more about like how to get in touch with you, where to find you, what can we click? Where are you clickable? So where am I clickable? So right now clickable. I'm not really clickable any other place other than if you go to the guns and yoga site on Podbean. We are actually in the process though of building um, building a, a, a bigger website. But if for now, if you go to guns and yoga on Podbean, um, there is an area where you can email me directly. My email is wendy at bluelineyoga.com. That's actually my business name. And one thing too, like this, this really applies more for people who are local. So I don't know how many people from Wichita would listen, but, um, and I don't even think I've told you this, Carol, but we have like a yoga retreat that we built, my husband and I. Um, wait, wait, wait. I think I, now that you're saying it, like, this is where I love social media, because now that you say that, I feel like I've seen a beautiful space that you've decked out. So yes, tell us. Yeah, yeah. So several years ago, another person inspired me. She had taken this barn in another small town in Kansas, not far from here, and turned it into a yoga studio. And um, she called it the Yoga Barn. She allowed us to host a Yoga for First Responders family event, event there. Um, it's now since been sold and it's not used for yoga anymore. But ever since then, kind of like the podcast, I was like, Carl, that's my husband, we have to do this. I need a place in nature to do things for first responders or retreat something. I, I never aspired to have my own yoga studio day in and day out kind of thing, but a place to have events. And so we made it happen in 22 years ago. We just kind of got lucky. The stars aligned. Once again, we uh, got six acres in an auction and here we are today. We have this really cool nice space it's probably big enough for about 15 people and we're also going to have an area outside and it's got lots of trees and nature and all the things so we're going to start offering some things there probably in the next couple of months i love that and and the space is so beautiful and what a what a brilliant idea now i'm thinking like 
maybe I need to do a barn. I love that idea. It's like you spacious should. and yeah. yeah. So like now I'm going to start looking rather than at commercial real estate, I'll start looking at like farms. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Uh, well, Wendy, <laughs> I have loved talking to you and I just have to say, you know, you, you mentioned that the stars aligned. And to me, that just means that you are living your purpose, that you are doing what you are meant to do. And that things just sort of like work themselves out. So that's a sign that you're really doing what you're meant to do, living your dharma. And I am so glad that you're doing that. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk with us. It's been super valuable. And um, I wish you the best. And any final parting words from you? I think we got it covered. No, I just appreciate talking to you and being on the show. Well, thank you so much. So that's it for today, everybody. I hope you have a great, wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you have a question about any wellness related topic for first responders, family related questions, first responder relationships, guns, or yoga, we will be hosting a future Q and a episode. So make sure if you have a question and want to connect, email wendy at bluelineyoga.com. So